0: Agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath.
1: And hello everyone. Hope y'all are doing well. Thanks for tuning in today. You're listening to The Frittle Show. I am Crystal Heath. You can call me Frittle, Crystal, whatever you would like to call me. Just don't call me late for dinner. That's a very old... And I find very lame joke, but, you know, it just it comes out sometimes. This is Experience Liberty Radio 101.1 FM here in Las Vegas. We're streaming online 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Except if the power goes out, then, you know, there might be a little blip in the streaming. But vast majority of the time, you can stream us online. KVXL101.com, and you should. We're broadcasting from Liberty Baptist Church on Rainbow and Lake Mead Boulevard. If you'd like to join us on Sunday morning for our services, they are at 9.30 and 11.15. This Sunday, I believe, is, is it Frozen Sunday at Camp Liberty? This Sunday? I know something big is going down at Camp Liberty this week. I believe it's the last week of Camp Liberty, and it's going to be awesome sauce. So if you have children that are camp liberty ages which if i knew off the top of my head i would tell you what ages those are i know it's like okay i'm going to i'm going to guess it's going to be wrong but i'm going to guess i think it's like 6 to 12 8 to 14 somewhere in that range your kids are going to have a great time at camp liberty so you should bring them out uh, this sunday for for that uh, if you'd like to be part of the show, if you have questions, if you have suggestions, comments, all these good things, you can email us, radio at experienceliberty.com, or call us at 702 And, of course, if you would like to talk with me, I am on Twitter at The Frittle, and would we'll be happy to chat with you there. All right, so we're going to have Cameron Gray of NRA News and ricochet.com. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour to discuss some untold stories from the Olympics that you do not want to miss. But first, some told stories of the Olympics. The U.S. women have swept the 100-meter hurdles for the first time in history. Congrats to these ladies. We had gold medal going to Brianna Rollins, uh, silver uh, went to Nia Ali, and the bronze went to Christy Castellane. USA sweep on the one hundred meter—I can't say meter this morning—one hundred meter hurdles. First ever time the United States has swept the event. So congrats to those ladies. Always awesome, I think, when you're watching the Olympics to see three Americans on the podium, three American flags. It's all about that America that's what's what. Uh, new developments in the Ryan Lochte incident, which I talked about a little bit yesterday, where he and his fellow swimmers claimed that they were held at gunpoint and robbed in a taxi in Brazil. Brazilian authorities were then like, don't you leave the country, we are going to um, detain you for what we believe is you lying to us, and so Lochte uh, had had already left the country, so he wasn't detained. But several of his fellow swimmers were. And again, I, you know, I hope that it all gets worked out. I think it's I think it's sad that uh, that these gentlemen are having to end their Olympics this way. Now, granted, if they if they did lie about this, that's that's not cool, and that will be found out. And it doesn't look great for them in that regard, but as I mentioned yesterday I I think the Olympic, or not the Olympics, the um, the Rio police here might be going a little bit far I I, I don't know I don't know, detain them, take their passports, not let them leave the country because they may or may not have given complete truth regarding a robbery (sighs) I I don't know. I just don't know. You can share your thoughts with me though the dimension I'm on Twitter at the ferret. Let me know what you think of the whole they're calling it now lockedygate. There's a, it has a hashtag. It's lockedygate. Not to be confused with the Loch Ness monster. Not the same. But if you have opinions or thoughts on lockedygate, you can share them with me. This is the most horrible headline I have read this morning. This is from Fox News. Wisconsin farmer and 16 cows dead after being overcome with manure fumes. All right. So, for those of you in Las Vegas, you know the the uh, pig farm in North Vegas that has that has its own special smell. I grew up in uh, in Pennsylvania. I didn't grow up in Lancaster, which is where most of our farmland is in Pennsylvania. I grew up just north of Lancaster, about an hour. And I can tell you that the air where I lived versus the air when you went down to Lancaster, which I did actually live in Lancaster for uh, some time, and my dad grew up there. I have a lot of relatives there. But when you drive into Lancaster, I know it's not Lancaster for those of you here on the West Coast. That's the one in California. This is Lancaster. When you drive into Lancaster, unless you live there, and this this blows my mind that people that live there don't, they, they've literally reached a point where they don't even smell that smell. But for anyone who's not from there, you drive into Lancaster, you're just like, oh my, God, I can't, I can't breathe. Somebody make it stop. I'll never forget all growing up when we would drive to Lancaster for holidays, and my dad grew up there, so... Lancaster natives, I'm telling you, they just don't, like, they smell it, but they don't even realize the smell necessarily, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they do this. But we would drive in and we'd be like, oh, dad, you're killing us. And he'd be like, what? And we're like, you don't smell that? And he's like, no. Yeah. But I'm telling you, if the only thing that you guys have to compare it to is the pig farm smell in North Vegas, take that and, like, times it by a thousand... And then every time that it rains, which, by the way, is quite often in Pennsylvania, that just makes it five billion times worse. And you do not want to step outside of your house or open a window after it rains in Lancaster. I'm telling you, the smell. I I knew. I knew that it was deadly. I knew that it was. But I never thought, like, literally deadly. But in Wisconsin, this, this... what a horrible way to die. Overcome by the smell of manure. Because apparently there is actually um fatal elements in this in this vaporous vapor. <laughs> so um, they're saying that these sixteen cows and this farmhand were overcome by methane or sulfur oxide. Authorities are saying that the farmer agitated the manure tank, so he's emptying it, um, and that that, along with warm upper air temperatures, created a deadly dome of air. There were a number of other cows that were sickened by the fumes. It's just horrible. I can't, I can't, The smell alone, the thought of the smell alone, makes me just cringe. You don't understand. (sighs) Alright, Uber's first self-driving fleet has arrived in Pittsburgh. This is from Bloomberg.com. This is the headline that I read and I think, what could possibly go wrong? You know, first you were were calling for a stranger to come pick you up in their car. Now you are calling for a car with no driver to come pick you up and take you somewhere. I mean, has no one ever seen Alfred Hitchcock movies? And these things are not things that you would think that human people should be doing or participating in. But these are autonomous cars. They come out this summer. They are custom Volvo XC90s. And they're going to be supervised by humans in the driver's seat. So now you're going to supervise the car rather than drive it. Because that just makes sense. So let's pay for the car and pay for a car supervisor. And you know... So we'll just we'll just put a bunch of these autonomous cars on the road, and see what happens. I feel like we would be safer if we could somehow invent the jetsons uh jets and just give those to everyone rather than drive around in autonomous ubers. Now that said, I do have a lot of respect for the founder. Of Uber. Anybody that comes up with these brilliant ideas that end up making bazillions of dollars, I have a lot of respect for because I always end up thinking. It's like the same thing that happens when I watch Shark Tank. Like, why did I not think of that? That makes sense. Hence why you are now a millionaire. And I am not. I know it may be hard to believe, but it's actually true. I'm, I'm not, not actually a millionaire. All right, I want to get to uh, Trump and Hillary just for a few minutes here. We haven't covered the presidential race a whole lot this week. Uh, then we'll move on to other news. So, Breitbart.com, if any of you are fans of Breitbart, you undoubtedly know Uh, that they are unashamedly in the bank for Donald Trump. They have been for quite some time. In fact, Donald Trump just hired Breitbart's CEO uh, to work on his campaign, and the the gentleman is not even stepping down at all as Breitbart's CEO. So if you want to talk um, fairness in journalism, that needs to be a two-way street. You can't just be like, oh, the left, the media is in the tank for the left. Well, no, there's some media on the right that's totally in the tank for certain other people. And now they're literally being CEO of a right-wing news site while being, um, is he campaign manager now? I forget, I don't have that piece up. But anyway, so Breitbart is is all about the Trump campaign, Um And they have been hammering the narrative about the polls of late that, If we would just get a poll without a mainstream media filter, you would see that Donald Trump is winning. So Breitbart was like, so what we're going to do is we're going to do our own poll and we're going to prove to you all that if the mainstream media isn't filtering it, even though everyone knows, if mainstream media isn't filtering it in favor of Hillary, uh, then you will see that Trump is winning. Which is ironic considering that everyone knows that Breitbart is all about Trump and that their CEO literally is paid by the Trump campaign, so their poll, though, will definitely be fair. But anyway, so they do this poll, and it, it turns out that their poll shows Hillary Clinton leading Trump by five points. They have Clinton at 42%, Trump trailing at 37%, with Gary Johnson at 9 Jill Stein at 3 I think once you start to mix uh, McMullen in there, you will see... I don't think you'll see Trump lose points as much as you might see Gary Johnson lose some points there when Mcmillan starts being uh, polled as well, but it was just it was interesting to me that Breitbart decided to do its own poll and that their poll came out to pretty much match what every other poll has been saying that Mr. Trump has been down five to sometimes double digits in many polls recently in the in the past few weeks, and that's just been. That's just been the way it is. And I think any time, obviously, polls change, polls shift, polls fluctuate. Public opinion can go all over the place. We still have, you know, uh, over two months until the election. And in politics, that's an eternity. We have debates to go through. We don't know what will happen on the world stage. Things are going to change. But what you can't do is just throw in the towel and start saying that you've already lost or start blaming people for a loss that hasn't happened. That doesn't help your cause. You need to accept the numbers as they are, whether or not they are skewed, say that they are uh, correct, and work hard to overcome that deficit, and then you know what? If they are skewed, that just gives you a bigger lead in reality. You, you, sh- you don't campaign by saying if, if 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 the media would just be nice to me, then the polls would reflect that I am more popular. No, make the polls reflect that you are more popular by becoming more popular. Always assume that you are losing if you are in a fight to win. Now, that said, interestingly, just days after Breitbart does its poll, the LA Times releases a poll that has Clinton up by less than one percentage point. I mean, this thing is literally all over the place. She's up by just over half a point in the L.A. Times poll. She's she's winning handily uh, among uh, millennials, but Trump has a slight advantage basically with everyone over the age of 35. He has like a one-point lead in every age group over 35, whereas Clinton has a five-point lead in everyone under the age of, uh, of 35. But then when you look at education, it's very interesting to me. Those with a high school high school education or less, Trump kills it. 52 to 38%. Those with some college, very close, basically even between Trump and Hillary. But college graduates Hillary does what Trump does with those that only have a high school education. College graduates prefer Hillary 52 to uh, 35%. Wow, actually her, her margin is, is even bigger there. Same is true with, with income voters. Those who make less than $35,000 a year prefer Hillary by 52%. Those who make $35,000 to $75,000 prefer Trump by 50%. Not by 50%. 50% of those prefer Trump those who make over $75,000 are evenly divided between Trump and Hillary. Which, again, fascinating. Because you can look at that number and you can say, oh, well, anyone making under 35000 thinks that they want Democrats because Democrats care more about, about the, the, the middle class and the poor and they will give us free stuff, and so you can say that. But then, on the flip side of that, you look at, it's the, the, the main bulk of Trump support comes from those making thirty five to $75,000 a year. Now, on in the grand scheme of things, worldwide, those people would be considered wealthy. But here in the United States, that's not necessarily what we would consider wealthy. What we would consider wealthy, those that make more than $75,000 a year, they're pretty much even between trump and hillary that that fluctuates they they go back and forth they take the lead away from each other but it stays pretty strong about uh 44 to 42 and it goes back and forth right now uh last time i checked the la times poll it was mr trump at 44 now it's um this clinton at 44 which is interesting because you would think if it's true that republicans favor the rich and that the rich prosper under republicans and the rich get tax breaks and it's all the republicans are all about the rich if that were actually true then you would think that mr trump's number should be much higher in that category of income earners but it's not where it's divided is those that make less than $35,000 a year and those that make in the thirty-five dollars to $75,000 a year range. It's fascinating to think about, and to think about the geographics of our country and, and how this is breaking down. All right, one last uh, note on the political side of things, and we're going to go to a break. We'll be back then with Cameron Gray. But first... I told you about Omarosa, the Apprentice star that Mr. Trump hired to do her outreach to African Americans. Remember talked about that? Yep, okay, well she... (laughs) Okay, yesterday, uh, she said that every critic will have to bow down to President Trump. I wish I was joking, but I am not. She said, Donald Trump is running for president because he believes that he can help turn the nation around. More importantly, every critic, every detractor will have to bow down to President Trump. Okay. This is America. We do not bow to the president. We do not bow to anyone because, again... That's, this this is America. We don't have a king or a dictator or a ruler. We have a president. And if Mr. Trump gets elected, there certainly is not going to be any bowing going on. So, you know, I just, perhaps Miss Omarosa needs to read up on her history and understand the differences between a monarchy and a republic. A, you know, just a random thought of the day. Today's programming is brought to you by Krispy Kreme Donuts Fundraising Opportunities. Krispy Kreme fundraisers are available year-round. They can take place over one to two days or one to two weeks. If your educational, religious community, or charitable cause is looking for a fun way to meet your financial goals, Krispy Kreme can help. Krispy Kreme provides free fundraising materials for your use, and you can visit KrispyKreme.com slash fundraising or your local Krispy Kreme to learn more. Our thanks to Krispy Kreme for their support of KVXL programming. All right, we're going to play Whom Shall I Fear from David Wesley. You can find him on uh, YouTube or iTunes. Uh, and we will be back in just a minute. This is The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM in Las Vegas. And welcome back. You're listening to The Frittle Show on KVXL 101.1 FM, Experience Liberty Radio here in Las Vegas. Today we have Cameron Gray with us. Cameron is with NRA News and Compass Media Group. He's also a contributor to Ricochet.com and OpportunityLives.com, both of which you should check out, by the way. He's also one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter, and that's probably the most important thing you need to know about him. Wouldn't you say, Cameron? That's probably the most important thing.
0: Uh, You know, well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. I think um, my wife would disagree with you because um, one of our only – you know, we get along pretty well. But one of her only issues with me is my Twitter time. I (laughs) probably and admittedly spend a little too much time on Twitter, um, and I hear about it from my wife every once in a while. Other than that, yes, please do follow me on Twitter. I love uh, I love tweeting. I'm a, I'm a beard. Uh, do you like Twitter or Facebook better? I'm in a Facebook person. I'm a Twitter person.
1: Yeah, no, I don't I'm like Facebook. I'm totally a Twitter person. Now Facebook has its its purpose, and I know yes. I think a lot of people get mad at me probably because I, I have very few friends, uh, relatively speaking, on Facebook because I use right. it for a very specific reason, which is mostly to keep in touch with friends and family that I don't live by or that I don't see anymore, but that I'm really close to. That like we had actual personal relationships, whereas Twitter, not that I don't really enjoy you and your company, but it's completely different than Facebook, even though I think we're friends there too. But point being, yeah. on Twitter, you can be quote-unquote friends with people that you're not actually friends with, but then you're like, hey, these <laughs> right. are actually really cool people, and it's really right. great.
0: No, absolutely. And be, for, something, for some reason, I think Facebook is where people... Share other people's ideas, and Twitter is where people share their own ideas, mm. and, and which, which is one of the things I really like about it. Because if you look at, because I look at Facebook, you know, maybe once a day, and you see everyone's posting, you know, posting stories and posting stories and posting videos and posting this and posting that, and very few you see very few people with their own opinions on there. You're seeing maybe people tweeting or Facebooking their stories, but you know, if you want to really learn about people and and, and and understand people more, I have a better time with that on Twitter, because I like learning about people. I don't really care about what, about what they have, about what they want to, you know, the cat video they want to share with somebody. I like learning about people.
1: You know, that's really well put. I've never heard anyone put it that way, but I think you're exactly right. That's what Twitter is, and I think it's also transformed, at least for me, I mean, it totally has for me, the way I consume news, because I've found that if I follow the right people, they will share the news that I'm interested in anyway, and I'll find out about it, like three days before cbs will talk about it on the news it's i love when my grandmother sends me stuff and i my grandmother is fantastic but she'll send me like news articles and she'd be like i just saw this on the news have you seen this and in my head i'm going yeah like 10 days ago on twitter we were talking about this but i'm glad that uh, the mainstream has caught up with the rest of us so anyway uh Enough about Twitter and Facebook and social media. Fun as that is, I uh, I yeah. wanted to have you on the show today to discuss a very specific topic that doesn't seem to be getting much coverage uh, this year with the Olympics. You know, we've got we've got the Ellen DeGeneres meme controversy now with Usain Bolt, yeah. and we hear about that, and we hear about the kid from Singapore that beats Michael Phelps, and, and the Brazilians wanted to take Ryan Lochte's passport, but oh my goodness, he somehow made it out of the country, and all this stuff stuff. And then every once in a while, you know, we'll hear about the Christian faith of some of the athletes, pretty much only because they fill their interview with it. So NBC doesn't really have a choice there. But there's one subject that really just isn't that I've seen being covered. And that is anti-Semitism at the Olympic Games this year and how prevalent this is. And, you know, obviously I haven't been alive for a whole lot of Olympics. Um, You know, I'm only 31, but we had uh, the Olympics in Germany while Hitler was in power. That was, you know, obviously we had problems there. And then we had the horrific tragedy of 1972, you know, with the Munich massacre where 11 members of the Israeli team were murdered by an Arab group. But in my lifetime, in the last 31 years, I don't remember it being this bad before. Or maybe it has been and it just wasn't reported, so I didn't know about it. But is it just... Me, or is it worse this year?
0: It is bad. I mean, it is really bad. And you talked about 1972. Now, consider the fact that this year, the 2016 Olympics, they finally got around to doing a, a commemoration for it at, at this ceremony. Think about how far, you know, how yeah. far apart. And
1: haven't they been lobbying for that every year since 1972?
0: Every, every Olympics, they've, they've been pushing for it. And you know, and before we start with the anti-Semitism, I mean, if you just look at the core of the International Olympic Committee, you know, there's an acting director right now because this guy, Seth Blatter, who was the head of it for so long. You want to talk about the most corrupt—there's so much graft, bribery, thievery. It is really—it is one of the most awful organizations that— that runs the Olympic Games, and it tarnish to me. It tarnishes the games every year. Well, first of all, they put it in an awful city like Rio, which yeah. is just a terrible disaster. Yeah. Um, they put it in Russia, uh, which I think is is, is an affront due to anyone's uh, to anyone's ideals of of uh, fairness and, and democracy and freedom. But you know, so you have every Olympics, Of course, they have the big opening ceremonies, which are usually a very beautiful event. You got to hand that to them. But then they have. Mm-hmm. The head, or this time the acting head of the IOC, comes up, talks about the Olympic Creed, and we're all we're all you know together, and sportsmanship, and and everything is great. Oh, and the other thing too is the other story that you missed that uh, was the, one of the huge um, uh, talking points this year was Team Refugee. We had oh, yeah. For the first time ever, yeah. uh, I think it was five or ten people, and they were just they were competing under the Olympic flag, and they were Team Refugee. Now consider the fact that. Kim Rohde, who's an Olympic shooter, made just set a record. She yeah. medaled in six consecutive Olympic games. She can't get a phone call from Coca-Cola, or Procter and Gamble. No one will touch her. Right? No I one will sponsor the-
1: her outside of the firearm industry. I actually, yeah, yeah I wrote a piece about that for Borelli's uh, site the other day. It's yeah. unbelievable.
0: Yes, but the other day I saw a Visa ad con- that contained a uh, feature. Of the refugee Olympic team. Now, think about that for a second. If you're talking about someone who is an Olympic record holder, a woman, but because she represents firearms and guns and shooting, she can't be touched by mainstream products, even though a gigantic buying public of, of all these products, support guns, support the Second Amendment, support the right to keep and bear arms. Um, but she can't get an ad. But but Visa will give a, a, a hugely produced ad to the, the refugee team. Stuff like that just drives me nuts. But that, but that's a side point. So going back to, you know, you talk about sportsmanship and everything. So uh, uh, as, as just before this speech about sportsmanship, on the way to the opening ceremonies, yeah, for someone in their infinite lack of wisdom, they decided to put the Lebanese and the Israeli team on the same bus. But you know what? Things happen and whatever. But the, the Lebanese team physically blocked the door to the bus, wouldn't let them on, said that they were troublemakers, didn't want, to, didn't want to do anything, so the IOC, of course, caves in, finds another bus to them, nothing's ever said about it. Then you have, um, uh, in Saudi Arabia, think about this too, this is the second Summer Olympics that Saudi Arabia has allowed women to compete, right? Huge deal. That, 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 that alone itself should show you how ridiculous Saudi Arabia is. Yeah. And so they sent four women to Saudi Arabia. There, there's, you know, the, the, the knuckle dragging masters allowed the allow their women to go.
1: Yeah, are, and they're the ones that weren't going to be allowed to compete if they didn't allow women to compete. Is that correct? So exactly. that's why they right. even let right. them they, come. So yeah, this is this is huge that we have any Saudi women at the Olympics. So, but yeah, continue. Yeah.
0: So, so it's so it's first of all it's a disgusting um, uh, stain on Saudi Arabia, and then, then the way they treat women. But that's a right. whole nother. That's that's for hours of discussion. So they find so they send these four women. So if you're one of these four women, and you're thinking, and I, if I'm one of these four women, I'm thinking, wow, here's my chance to represent Saudi Arabia and to show that women should be here at the Olympics and women should compete. No, one of the competitors throws a, a withdraws from a match. Because she was going to be pitted against a Jew, it's unreal.
1: And and, and, and that it's, match it's, that she was it's, it's, going it's into fitness. was was like a semi. It was something. It was close to a medal match. The one that she just was like, yeah. nope, don't don't even want to bother.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's 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 unbelievable. You have this chance to be some on the world stage. This is this is the biggest stage right now. And because you might you might have to face an Israeli athlete athlete, you you. You, they made up an excuse. She wasn't feeling well, about her, But she threw the match, mm-hmm. and nah, nothing ever happens about that. So then, so those are the first two, and then the one that actually did get a little bit of attention because yeah. it was so egregious was the judo, uh, comp- the judo competition between an Israeli and an Egyptian, and at the end of the match when the the Israeli won – and he reaches out his hands to, to in sportsmanship, to shake hands. You, 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 the video is amazing to watch. Just the sheer disdain the the Egyptian had for the Israeli. Just walking back, and the Israelis following him, trying to get him to shake his hand. And he won't, he won't even shake his hand. At least they sent him home. Yeah. So at least he got, at least he got, you know, you know, some sort of punishment. But the thing also, you know, there's there's really no silver lining to this because. I was reading some stories about it before the match. They were, you know, social media was like, "Don't you dare uh, f- fall to a Jew? How don't you? Don't just dis- uh, it'll be a disgrace to our country to our people. Don't let Israel beat us." You know, so you get that going on, and then so he doesn't he doesn't shake his hand, and then he goes back, and you know that he is a conquering hero when he gets home. You yeah. know that they love him for it. You know that 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 they they're congratulating him for it. It's 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 like when um. When Palestinians stab Israelis in, in in Jerusalem or Tel Aviv, and in in, Pal- in Gaza City they, they hand out candy and they they celebrate in the streets and 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 they and they they run around and they would joyously about the death of another innocent Israeli, and you know it's just it, it is it's a real sickness. And I, I was I was taken by the fact that during the opening ceremonies they showed a picture of this head of the IOC sitting next to the head of the UN. Mm-hmm. And you know when you want to talk about it, Anti-Semitism, Jewish hate, Israeli bashing—I mean, the UN is, is your headquarters for that. So, just you know, you look at the, you look at the whole of it, and you, you see the disgusting graft and corruption from the IOC and you know the UN, which I, I have absolutely no use for, and the worldwide rise of anti-Semitism. There's in France, Jews are fleeing uh, cities in, in France for Israel um Jews are being forced out of places like Malmo, Sweden. Western Europe is is the anti Semitism in every country is off the chart. Anti Semitism on American college campuses is is at highest at their highest numbers. Uh mm-hmm. anti Semitic uh anti Semitic attacks um are at the highest numbers. It's just it's a really, really bad time um to be uh, Jewish or to be an Israeli. And here in America you have a president and an administration and a State Department that is not, that is, it insults Netanyahu, sides with Palestine. Uh, no matter what, it's always, hey, hey, guys, if it's Palestine attacks Israel, it's, hey, guys. Let's let let let's cool it. Let, let Israel don't uh, don't retaliate. You know, let's let let that cooler head prevail. It's always on the side, and and I've always I've contended this for a long time that Obama is always on the wrong side of an issue. Yeah. No matter what the issue is, he is on the wrong side of it, and he and his administration, John Kerry and his State Department, they are I, just I, I, almost openly anti-Israel because they can't be a hundred percent. But but yet the thing that drives me nuts is. Most American Jews are Democrats, yeah. and I, I, they, they work against their own interests. I mean, me being a conservative Republican uh, a Jew, it's like, uh, you know, a unicorn next to a leprechaun. <laughs> there's, there's, there's so few of us, and it makes no sense. No, I don't really know why they, they keep voting for a party that just treats them like garbage and sides against them. I, 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 the liberal American Jews just drive me nuts.
1: Yeah, I, I that is something that has always baffled my mind. But you mentioned Netanyahu and my in my heart, leapt to use a biblical reference. Uh, mm. I really just wish that we could clone Netanyahu and have him run here in the U.S. Oh. I think we could solve so After many problems him. so quickly. He is just an incredible uh, leader on the world stage, and in my personal opinion, I think he is the leader on the world stage right now. Because I don't think I think President Obama has has bowed out from that role in in many ways, sadly. But you know, I think that what you're saying is so so sad and many was just so disgusting and and it, back to the egyptian uh judo competitor like mm-hmm. what what boggled my mind was after that the international judo federation you know rather than coming out and being like that was wrong that was terrible you know we don't yeah. have place for this in judo no he's like hey everybody we should be talking about how great it is that an arab is willing to compete against a jew look isn't right. it wonderful yeah. No, yeah. No,
0: no no that's not the storyline
1: and i think you I mean, know,
0: that's know. Go ahead. You're talking about is willing to. It's not, that's not part. If we if we buy into this Olympics creed and we buy into we're all one and this, this, you know, this whole kumbaya, and the opening ceremonies were beautiful, but they also were political, yeah. filled with, you know, messages about climate change and this and that. But if we believe and we buy into this Olympic creed that, you know, it's fair competitors and all countries are equal and, and you know, we would know, you stand on the medal stand and, you know, it, it all, whatever this clap shot they want to throw at you, it, it, the fact, it, the, the, the the statement that he's willing—that should disqualify you. <laughs> that shouldn't be something that is that is cheered and and highlighted. If you if you have to be quote unquote willing to compete against a Jew, you shouldn't be there. Yeah, you should be. You are not part of the quote Olympic Creed. You are you are not following the Olympic guidelines and principles and and all this other. You know, happy talk that they talk about for 17 days. That's why I, I got no use of it. I was happy. I watched the USA shooting. I was happy for Kim Rody and, and the other the USA shooters, um, especially because they don't get the coverage they need yeah. and deserve. And especially because the first gold of the whole games was won by Ginny Thrasher. It was a 19 year old shooter. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that was that was a that, that was definitely not what NBC wanted to be the first gold to cover. No. us uh, and they were forced to cover it. Um, but I just you know the whole thing. I'm just done with the Olympics. And, and just one other note, too. The whole thing to me about professionals in the Olympics is such a turnoff. I always thought you know we, that the Olympics was the, the the best amateurs in the world, the people right. who would just you know hey, here's a country boy from Topeka, and he worked his way up to the Olympics. You know when I see these professional basketball players renting a yacht. Um, and staying uh, uh, oceanside in Rio because they don't want to live in the Olympic Village, you know these multimillionaires, and you have these professional golfers playing golf. I and mean, really, sure. it, it's the, Olympics, the Olympics need to go back to the. The ideal is that it's just amateur competition. I don't know w- why this has become this all-star event where you have to get these big names down there um, and you have to get these you know millionaire uh, players. It's, I, I don't think that's sure you want the USA to win as many medals as possible, but I, I to me the Olympic Games I always thought, especially growing up, were about amateur sports. And yeah. amateurs should be in the Olympics. It shouldn't be professional golfers, professional basketball players, and any and other professionals.
1: Yeah, and, and I appreciate that you phrased it as making it amateur sports, because I've seen a lot of people commenting about how it's not fair that the NBA is there competing and no other country can compete with the NBA. And I'm like, you know what, you're right. No other country yeah. can compete with the NBA. But at the same time, even if we just had you know, our, our college stars going down there, uh, no other country is going to compete. Like basketball, it's like if we put football in the Olympics, you, you just yeah. you're not going to beat us. But you're right; it should be an amateur sport. And i I want to end with one last question. I know you have another show that you have to jump on, but you know, all of this with the anti semitism in the Olympics and even around the world, and you mentioned college campuses. It's just it's it blows my mind that we live in the 21st century and we can't get past this. So, you know, my question is. Can we change this? How do we end this? And are we at a point where globally—I saw you shared an article about this earlier, and I found it fascinating on Twitter, by the way. Once again, good guy to follow on Twitter. But it was talking about how have we reached a point where globally that we need to convince Arabs and Arab nations that, you know, rather than just saying, hey, this is the right thing to do, so you should do it, stop being anti-Semitic, rather than going that route. Do we need to help convince Arabs and Arab nations that abandoning anti-Semitism is in the best interests of their own cultures on the world stage? Like, is that the only way that we can end this?
0: Well, it's 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 first of all, it's not 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 only is it not the only way, it's not a way. It's not mm. it's 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 humanly impossible. There is such ingrained hate that starts from youth. You, you know, you see some of these. Palestinian TV shows, you know, with with, with children in, in in military garb and and being yeah. stimulated beheadings yeah. and stabbings, you know, you have generations that are coming up, you know, and, and you see in Europe these stabbings on these trains, there is all like seventeen, eighteen year old kids and the Palestinian stabbers, 16, 17 year old. These are we, we are dealing right now with a uh, rising generation, and, and it, it, we're probably in for a few generations, that it's going to be worse than ever. And no, there is no solution to this. It's just going to keep happening. Um, and the only solution is to be vigilant, especially if you're, if you're Israel. And, if, and God forbid, if you're a Jew in America, maybe you support a Republican once in a while, uh, and not a Democrat who thinks that the Iran deal is so freaking great, uh, and that the, not to mention the fact that, that, that they can't wait to get uh, nuclear weapons to shoot right at Israel, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much down the road, um, you know, you, that's pretty much the only way. It's just vigilance and, and protection. We're not going to change hearts and minds. You can't change. The, there's there's hatred. You know, you could like hate your neighbor, or you can hate like road rage, hate somebody, and you can get over it. But this is such ingrained hatred that it's the it, it's part of the fabric of the of the person and of the society and of the nation and really of the world lately. Um so no, I, I hate to be so doomsdayish, but there is no solution here. There's <laughs> there's no fix, there's no talking, there's no yeah, There's, you know, I, we can we can talk about the uh Israel and Palestine meeting and and every president in from now on can try to sit them down together, but as long as Palestine's charter is dedicated to the destruction of Israel, it's not going to happen.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's really well said and that was I was hoping that's where you would go because I wasn't seeing that in the piece that I read and I yeah. think that it's something that we as Americans because that concept is just so foreign to us because even though, you know, the media would like to tell us differently, we are <laughs> we are the tolerant nation of the world. We are the nation sure. of freedom and independence and liberty and I think as Americans we we can't wrap our head around the level of hatred that has been ingrained for generations into an entire people group. That that their entire life purpose is to simply wipe Israel off the map, and so uh, I yeah. thank you for for coming and for sharing that with us. As doomsday as it sounds, but yeah. uh, you know all the, <laughs> all the more incentive for us to stand with Israel, right? I mean, if we don't, yes, no absolutely. one else is going to. We also say
0: on a, last night you t- you talk about this country being the country of freedom and 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 uh, you know assorted uh, things like that. We are becoming less of a country it's true. of freedom and that sort of things. And as much as you know, Israel and our, and our friendship with Israel, we, we need to be vigilant. We need to be vigilant about protecting our own rights. Sure. Um, and uh, you know, when you look at college campuses with speech codes, and you can't say anything. And if you say "All Lives Matter," you get suspended, and you have to go to you're pretty much the thought police. Um, and you, you know, if you if you say "Ghostbusters" sucked as a movie, you hate women. You know, and not to mention just the basic freedoms, just gun freedoms, uh, you know, just you look at down the line what Democrats want to ban and what liberals want to stop you from doing, you know, we need to be very vigilant in this country about the people we elect. And oh, boy, let's make sure Hillary Clinton does not get elected, because what's going to be, it's that's Obama on steroids.
1: Yes, very well said. Thank you, Cameron, for being with here. I know you have to run, but I mean, I could keep talking to you for like an hour, but uh, that would actually be more than my show has left, so we can't do that. You have other things to do anyway. Everyone can follow Cameron on Twitter. It's Cameron underscore Gray. Correct?
0: Yes, it is. Thank you very much. Right. I appreciate coming Cameron on, Cameron
1: Gray. Thank you for being here, Cameron. Great to have you, Cameron. Thank Cameron. You. I don't know. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a minute. This is 101.1 FM in Las Vegas. And that's it. Our time together today has come to an end. Don't cry, though. I'll be back tomorrow, and tomorrow is Fun Friday, so we're going to be giving things away no politics tomorrow. We talk about good things, fun things, funny things. Friday is one of my favorite days of the week, so I hope that you will join us. Remember, you can find us on uh, iTunes and SoundCloud. Just search The Frittle Show, and you can listen to past episodes, including yesterday's with Fox News contributor Todd Starnes. That was a fun show. You should go check that one out if you missed it yesterday. Uh, you know, and I, I, I was just thinking about talking with Cameron and you know, there, there, there isn't an answer outside of Jesus Christ. There will never be peace in this world outside of Jesus Christ. You know, and someday someone's going to come along who is going to seem to make peace between Israel and the Arabs and the rest of the world, and the temple's going to be rebuilt, and, and the world is going to end. Because all peace outside of Christ is simply false hope. So, you know, we're we're looking forward to His coming. And don't forget, for those of you that attend here at Liberty, this week, take it personally. Share uh, Jesus with some friends, family, neighbors, coworkers, someone at the Taco Bell drive-thru. You can use those little cards that we handed out. And don't forget to come on Sunday as Pastor continues the Take It Personally series. Our services are at 9.30 and 11.15, and you should be here. And Camp Liberty is going to be epic Everything's going to be epic because everything at Liberty is always epic, including KVXL 101.1 FM. Thank you for listening. It's great to have you here. We're going to go out today to Chris Tomlin with Waterfall. See you back here tomorrow. Have a great day, everyone.